into another episode of the West Life Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Barnett. We are sponsored by Holman Barnes Group, including West Astral League's best place to watch the game live and loud if you're not heading to the eighth wonder of the world, like at Oval on Saturday evening. So yeah, head out to West Ashfield or just quietly uh, our favorite new little spot there, Markets Club in Homebush. That we uh, watched our win over the Dragons last week as well. And give us a follow uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Westlife Pod. And check out the link in those accounts. And it'll give you a link to our link tree, which will guide you to everything we have, including our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash Westlife. If you want to take part in the show and as well as our YouTube channel, shouts to dozens and dozens of you watching us right now we appreciate you thank you for coming back give us a like help us with the algorithm all that good stuff tell your friends send a fax send a, a pigeon off tell your friends get the word out there about the west life podcast and mr bashara how are you on this monday evening uh despite a loss a very grinded out um loss it was and an, a I don't think there's ever been a game where we haven't scored a point and been beaten 13 plus and almost the entire fan base is pretty much satisfied with the effort. Yeah, definitely. Uh, G'day, Josh, Aaron, listeners. Um, Look, it was in terms of toing and froing and getting into the grind of the game, we we went set for set with the best attacking team in the comp. Um, You know, we kind of thought we'd get a number put on us. Uh, we didn't really. They got two late tries. It was 8-0, and it really shouldn't have even been 8-0. It was just one really poor read by Tom Talau flying out of the line for no reason when when we had numbers there that got South their first try. But, look, really proud of the effort. The defence is great. We've learned to grind. Um, you know, we've just got serious problems in attack that we have to rectify. But it's, it's so close yet so far. Like, we only have to fix our attack, and we're a top eight team. But when are we going to fix our attack? You know, we've got arguably one of the greatest attacking coaches in history in Tim Sheens. Uh, we've got Benji Marshall and Robbie Farrow, who are two of the greatest attacking players in their positions. Yet we can't get these blokes to just score a point. It's just really, really, really frustrating. And, and I know we're trying to simplify things, but, yeah, we, I think we've just gone too far in that oversimplification and, and we, we need to get back to a little bit of risk. Absolutely. Uh, just... The irony, the YouTube user Dixie Normus, he asked, Linktree, you boys main OnlyFans. No OnlyFans. It is Linktree is often used by uh, uh, Instagram uh, OnlyFans models to link to all their paid content. We have a Patreon. No OnlyFans yet. Not yet. But the off-season is coming and we'll be might be a little bit bored. Who knows? Um, no, just just a link, and which includes our Discord. A lot of swear words. That's as... Uh, as crew as we can get, we we drop a few, uh, a lot of gambling, a lot of a lot of swear words, and a lot of fun in the Discord. Um, but no, no OnlyFans. Shouts to um, uh, what's the race car drive, driver's name? Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of a name. So I'm tipping my tongue. Who's back? Who's got an OnlyFans race car? Have you seen this, boys? No. Um, re, what's her name? Uh, Renee Gracie, the race car driver. So she used to drive in the supercars she she's done bathurst a couple of times uh she became famous for an OnlyFans account so basically yeah if you don't know what OnlyFans is 
ask your parents, but um, she's got a whole an Audi R8 in the GT series now, completely decked out in OnlyFans um, logo and links to her OnlyFans, which is hilarious. So, um, shouts, yeah, shouts to Renee Gracie, yeah, as Matt said in the comments. So, uh, one man who may get an OnlyFans, who knows? Aaron, Mr. Thompson, how are you this evening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, g'day Josh. G'day Rob. Yeah, no one wants to see me on OnlyFans. Let's just let's just put that out there. Oh, uh, you'd be surprised. Right <laughs> Everyone's got a niche, as everyone's got a niche. People like feet and all sorts of weird shit. Who knows? People like I'll us make, swearing about the footy. I'll make feet content then <laughs> for those people. Yeah, I, I'm all right. It's been a bit been a bit of a quiet day for me, just kind of mulling things over. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back out to Leichhardt this weekend, though. That's always a fun time. Yeah, you and I, we we were at a core stadium uh, on Saturday evening. Uh, very, I don't know, would you say it was tense as? Like, I I didn't have high expectations going in, so I feel like I wasn't overly nervous, more frustrated, uh, especially when Luke Brooks could have passed it to Jareem Buller to make it 8-6, as he would have scored mm under post and that would have been a bit of a as I like to say a sliding doors moment right there but um yeah the the, the score line uh, I obviously had to leave a little bit early um not because we we're losing I felt like a bit of a loser I'm not one to normally leave early I did have to duck out literally a couple of minutes to go and saw Latrell scoring on the TV screens in the um just around the outside of a core stadium, and I'm like, oh, man, it's just like it would have been if I had to just finish eight nil. It would have would have been much kinder. But um, uh, Blake made a good point. It's Stefano's birthday today. Happy birthday to Stefano Utoi Kamanu today. How old is that? Twenty two or something? Twenty one? Not sure. But um, if you're listening, probably not. But um, Justin Pascoe probably doesn't let you listen. But um, Happy birthday to Big Steph. Right, we're going to start with some press conference quotes from Sheenzy. Uh, where can we start? Let's start with uh, how he summed up the performance. I don't think we deserved, uh, well, that we played like a 20 nil player a team, you know, but we didn't score, and that's a problem for us. But we had our moments, and they had theirs. They nailed theirs. We didn't. So... Yeah, we've got some work to do there, but I was, I was extremely happy with the effort from the team. Rob, we've been a little bit critical, Sheenzy, this year to lose 20 nil and to be happy with the effort. I mean, we're pretty happy with the effort. Do you reckon Sheenzy is right in saying that? Yeah, I think he's right. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered if it was 8 nil or 20 nil, as far as I was concerned. The, the effort's there. The effort's been there every week. Look, the one thing the coaches are doing really well is... They're getting the boys to lift every week. You can see the boys are playing for each other. There's massive commitment there. South played, as, as we said in the preview, they played a four-man bench. I know Burgess dropped off for Blake Taff uh, pre-game getting injured. But, you know, we played a bloody decent team going well. You know, they've beaten Brisbane, you know, beaten Melbourne in recent games. And and we were matching it with them set for set. In terms of the game being played between quarter line and quarter line, it was just like a game of forcings back, basically. And it was just that, you know, we we bit first, unfortunately, with the, the Talao move. I was really proud of the performance, but, I mean, it just, like I said earlier, it just, you, head, you scratch your head and you think, 
why can't we score a point? Like, mm. and 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 I can see why because you can see even our halves now they're, they're still not straightening up the attack. No one's forcing deep into the line. Like, it's funny to say because Appy kind of does it from dummy half a little bit normally. The only bloke that was doing it was Jakey Simkin in his short spell. He was literally the only one digging into the line, but. You cannot make space running sideways. We've said this a dozen times over the last year. You just can't keep drifting sideways and and you've, you've got to freeze the players up. Like we were doing it in the last month with little runaround plays, which kind of we only really did once or twice on the weekend. Once you do a runaround play, you kind of get, you know, the defence in two mind. Are they going to wrap? Are they, is the guy going to hold it? Are they going to switch? And it's the same with a, a block play. And I'm just, not, I'm just seeing our, our halves crabbing sideways like when Wakem first came into the team and I love Wakem you know he had a bit of spark about him he was he was straightening up the attack even Appy said it post the Canterbury game in his press conference he goes literally in one sentence he goes Wakem straightened us up and I'm and I'm seeing Wakem starting to play a bit like Brooksy and just a bit more you know turning the ball inside and taking the short ball option and it's just boring it's you know that shit but I mean mm. you cannot fault our team for the way they've matched it set for set with Canterbury, uh, with South, because they've got so many weapons, South, you know, Walker, Luttrell, yep. Campbell, Campbell Graham, like they've just got so many great, you know, plays in that back line and, you know, Cook and Murray, they've got stars everywhere and we, we matched it with them. But when we get in the quarter line, we've got to score, you know, it's just not every time, but if you'd have told me we'd have held South to 20 pre-game, I would have thought, wow, we've lost by two points or six points or we might have even won. Like if you mm. can hold South to to that eighteen mark, you're a big chance of winning. And yeah. we weren't we weren't really close to it. Once once South got to fourteen, that was pretty much it. But look, I really really you cannot anyone that's faulting the commitment of the players would be be silly. But it's just it's just funny. Like it's it's not a defensive match, but you know, Madge had a worse team, and we kept saying, oh yeah, you know, we're getting all these honourable losses, and you know, Madge can't get our team to attack, and you know, we're so boring and blah blah blah, and just. Look at our team now. It's it's a committed team that can defend mm. really well, that grinds well, and can't attack for shit. It's actually probably worse than Madge's team for attack. And we've got, you know, look at how many tries did Papaliti score for Parramatta over the last two years. Mm. And he's bagged one for, from us, you know, off a bomb against Brisbane. So there's something wrong with what we're doing in attack in the red zone. The yardage attack's fine. We're making ground. We're getting to our kicks. But that red zone attack, guys, we've got to, we've got to find something. And if... And if our coaching staff can't do it, you know, like if you've got to buy players to get better attack, then what sort of coaches are you? You've got to make you've got to make your players better. You just can't yeah. be buying Mitch Moses, Nico Hines, whoever, and saying, "Wow, we've got a great team." You've got to be able to develop players, and especially all these kids that we said we got coming through. And I just think it's funny because I keep going back to what Tim Sheen said at the start of the year about, you know, if we score off every set, we'll never have to make a tackle. Like we didn't even score a point. You know, so it's mm. just but look the, the efforts there. Souths are a great team, and we didn't embarrass ourselves. So look, full credit to the boys for trying hard, but yeah, the attack has to get better. Uh, here's Shenzi talking about that attack. Yeah, well, we'll have a look at our attack. I'm not prepared to sit here and explain exactly what I need to obviously go through the game again as you as I always do, and with the coaches, and you always see little options. Maybe we should have, maybe we shouldn't have on certain things. Um, but um, yeah, we'd, obviously we need to be able to score some points. Um, uh, but but in saying that, I want the effort that we've been having in the in the yardage and the field position we're earning and the defensive 
decisions most of them are making are, are very good at the moment. So, you know, we're not, um, we're not being um, sloppy in that area. It's just that they were, a bit, they were just too good in a couple of things they did today. As I reckon, I mean, South Sydney, as much as Rob obviously mentioned, they an absolute star-studded attack. They did, I think they defended really well, and I think we had have played and grinded out like we did in that game against South. I reckon there might be 10, maybe half the comp that we probably would have scored against and probably would have beaten. Like, I'm, I'm going into the Cowboys game thinking we should be a chance of winning that now. Yeah, for sure. The defense was absolutely resolute. And like Rob said, bar that one, um, Tommy Talau jumped from the line uh, way too early in the first half to, that led to their only try for the first 72 minutes. We we defended our absolute asses off, um, <clears throat> which was really good to see because obviously we've had some issues with our defense so far this season. Um, obviously, we've had more issues with our attack, but defense we were still averaging i think over 20 points per game we obviously still are but um i mean it was a really really good showing from the team especially for that first 72 minutes and yeah they just they just ran out of puff really uh rob obviously mentioned the halves before he's uh Shinzi does actually mention uh our halfback in this part. busy team to defend and um yeah we we were up to it um, just drifted away from the second half. We probably Brooksy's run with Jareem on the inside that we failed to, to nail would have helped. Um, where, but then they skipped away from us uh, towards the back end of it. But and he kicked every goal. So, but they are they are the benchmark in the game at the moment. So, you know, I was very happy with our attitude. Looking forward to next week's uh, home game at Blycart. Brooksy's two hundredth uh, home again and. Um, for five games now, we've put in a big effort. We've won two, lost three, but um, we're not we're not throwing any towel in. We're, we're the boys are very keen to get back on back in on the park this week. You said in the lead up to this, uh, Rob, just on that Brooks uh, no try. I mean, watching it live, I said to you as straight away, not to toot my own horn or say that. I could do any better than Brooksy or anything like that. But I said to you as straight away, he Buller was there. Like obviously Brooksy had his eyes going left, but Rob watching live on the TV, actually just on that too. So we were waiting for a replay on this play, wanting to see it. And if anyone's been to a core stadium the last how long's the big the new big screen been there? Probably two last seasons year. now. Started last year, yeah. Started last year. Like there is so much space for advertising, and they we wait for a replay to come up, and they put a fucking like South put an ad over the replay. Like I've said it before on the show, we go to the football. We like you want to encourage people to go to the football. At least let us be able to see a freaking replay. Give us something that doesn't encourage us. Because um, this tangent, Rob, I'm going to ask you what it was like because you're obviously watching it on TV, but please, for, for the love of God, put move your marketing bullshit to the side so we can see. If we look up at the screen and see the replay, we'll probably our eyes will be right next to your advertising anyway, but we're just going to see your advertising go, oh, okay, we're not getting a replay, but that's probably the 16th time I've had that rant on this show. But um, Rob, what did it look like, that play? 
on TV. Yeah, I can't repeat what I said watching it live. I, I just couldn't understand why he didn't pass it. Like, it just looks so obvious. And, you know, the sad part is you can at least say for the last four weeks, Luke Brooks has played bloody he's good He's been football. great, yeah. He, he's played bloody good football, but it's he has these deer in headlights moment that we've mentioned mm. before, like the drop ball against Manly. Manly. You know, and that, that there, like, he ran onto the ball beautifully. I mean... You just got to look left or right. Like you just, it's just mm. basic. I don't know. He just, he just froze, or Pace. maybe, he's just, maybe yeah. he's just, he's just not used to being in the open. I don't know. But yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was just such a wrong decision. And and honestly, like it's only one try and it's only six points. But that's the sort of thing that would just inspire everyone. And like, right, mm. we're back in at eight six. We're going to get the ball back from the kickoff. We'll game on. Yeah, game on. And and what worries me for the future? It might not happen this week or the week after, but. You know, at some stage, like the boys are human. At some stage, you just can't keep defending your ass off when you know that your offense is shit. And and I keep referring to the Denver Broncos that I was worried about we'd be preseason. You know, it's like the defense keeps tackling and tackling and tackling. And then, you know, by the end of it, you're just going to say, well, fuck this. You know, we're not going to win anyway. Like, why should we defend? And I feel like it's going to get to that stage where, you know, we could still go on a run of five or six games and, and get back in the hunt. But, like, even for this week, like, under normal circumstances, I'd say we can beat the Cowboys, but they have points and we don't. It's just as simple as that. Until we learn to find points, I don't know when we're going to win again. Like, who, who have we scored against? We've scored, we've won a game with 12 points against Penrith in a bog, and we scored 18 points against St. George, who are shit. So, you know, I, I don't know. What, what are our highest scores this year? They're in the 20s and their losses. Like, mm. the, the game against Canterbury might be one of the highest scores. I'm, I'm not sure, but um, yeah, look, it's it's not a bad thing. Like everything else is going great. We've literally ticked every box in terms of being a really good rugby league team. And you've got to learn to defend if you're going to win a premiership. Okay. Like if you're looking at the future. So the defense is great. And, and, and you, like I said, you couldn't be more proud of what they did and, and how, they, and how committed they are. And obviously the coaches are inspiring the players every week to put in their best and they're doing that. But what are they doing on the practice field to, get the attack right like do we take notice of any other teams like you know how do you break up good defenses you know you, you straighten the attack you put early kicks through whether it be a grubber kick or a chip over the top uh, you know I, I seem to find we play more expansive when we're behind so mm. suddenly you know if we're down by 12 points we'll start throwing the ball around in our own half we don't do that when the score is tight we grind 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 and it only seems to we only seem to throw it around a bit more when we're behind the eight ball so I, I don't know where, where it's going to come from. I'm just hoping it's going to magically click one day. And, you know, heaven help the rest of the comp when it clicks because the way we're defending, if we can start scoring 24 points every week, we won't lose many games. But we've got to be able to score, you know, at least 18 to 24 points a game. We're, and we're just, we just don't have it at the moment. And, and you just can't blame the cattle all the time. You know, like I said, if the coaches can't make players better, then they're not coaches. That, that's the idea of being a coach. You've got the, Those blokes are talented. You just got to get the best out of them and show them how to score points. Absolutely. Speaking of coaches, attacking coaches, uh, we're coming up against uh, our old friend Todd Payton's Cowboys on Saturday. And the best place to watch it live and loud, if you're not heading to Leichhardt, uh, is West Ashfield, of course, or Croydon Sports and Markets Club as well. Uh, so this Saturday, May 20, 5.30 p.m. kickoff. Uh, come watch it on the large screens in the sports bar and the lounge from the home of the West Tigers, West Ashfield. Show your support to the major sponsors of West Tigers, Holman Barnes Group. For more information, visit Holman Barnes Group. 
www.ltd.com.au. Holman Barnes Group, bringing people together. Nice little photo of, who is it? Uh, Twally Noffer and Tommy Talao having a, having a skewy at West Ashfield. Good on your boys. Uh, it's so annoying that we we obviously record our episodes Monday and Wednesday and signings and news and things seem to drop Thursday, Friday. So the West Tigers <laughs> announced the NRLW side have a couple of signings as. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about these two girls? I know you did a bit of, bit of research as our NRLW correspondent that you are. <laughs> I sure can. So, Jakia Whitfield and Leanne Tafunga, I'm going to assume is how her name is pronounced, um, are two outside backs. Jakia has come to us from the Knights. She's played two games for them last season, debuting as a winger, but playing her second game as a fullback. Um, no stats to speak of that I could find because, unfortunately, I couldn't find a player profile from of hers on nrl.com uh but i have a bit more info on leanne so leanne has played two seasons for the roosters uh scoring four tries in 12 appearances she is primarily a winger as well um has alternated a little bit between the two and the five jersey has played in both so seemingly able to play on both sides of the field which is always a good sign uh she had uh I had another thought there, but it's gone anyway. Um, she was a big, big part of the team that made it to the semifinal in the 2021 season, but lost that game to the Parramatta Eels, I believe it was, um, or whoever they lost. Actually, hang on, was 2021 the year they made the grand final and lost to the Dragons or beat the Dragons? I can't quite remember. Um, regardless, though, Good, both good quality signings, and I expect both of them would uh, will be making an appearance in the team at some stage throughout the year. Obviously, there's a lot of stiff competition in the outside backs, um, but if, heaven forbid, uh, Bo gets injured again, Jakaya at least can step up and play fullback. Yeah, touch wood, definitely, for that one. Yeah, I think um, so yeah I'm looking forward to... Yeah, our, our squad is looking really, really, really strong at the moment. We've got 19 players signed, and we have five more to announce. And I believe the deadline is the 28th of May or something like that. So okay. I believe there's only two weeks left for uh, those five names to be announced. Craig M just said, Jakai was the leading try scorer in the Harvey Norman uh, women's comp this year for Norths. There you go. Oh, cool. Beautiful. Thanks for adding that. Craig, yeah, I don't think they're going to have any trouble scoring tries, our ladies, come this no, season. Uh, speaking of scoring tries, another thing that popped up last week after we obviously recorded on the Wednesday was the rumour that the West Tigers are looking at signing uh, Sean Johnson uh, for two years, apparently for 600k per season. Brooksy's obviously off contract, so whether or not that would mean... I mean, obviously, AD's out till mid next year. So, who would be his halves partner as well? I'm not too sure. But, um, Rob, what are your thoughts on signing Sean Johnson, who I believe will be 33 next year and 34 the year after? Look, we're obviously looking for a halfback that's going to 
fill the gap until we develop a halfback or find a young halfback to come through the ranks. My only concern with Sean Johnson is will he be as passionate playing for us as he is for uh, going back to New Zealand because he's been outstanding for most of the year for New Zealand this year. Um, I, I think he would be good for us. Uh, I know his idol is Benji Marshall and, you know, Benji Marshall is basically coaching the team at the moment. So, look, I, I think it's a plus. I mean, he kicks goals. Um, he's a great organiser, got a great kicking game. Uh, and more importantly, he can attack and he can spark an attack. So we need something. In terms of his halves partner, Josh, I mean, AD is not going to be – his second operation is four months from now. And then that he'll be out for another basically another 12 months. So you can pretty much write off next year for AD. So I, I'd say Brooks will probably get a one-year extension. And obviously that puts, you know, Wakeham on the outer. But unless someone else comes on the market. So I'd expect the Tigers – to keep Luke Brooks for at least one more year, but knowing his agent, he'll probably snag a second year out of him as well. So, but you know, we, we haven't uh, pulled that trigger yet with Luke Brooks, so we'll just see what comes of that. What are your thoughts on Sean Johnson as? I pretty much agree with Rob. I'm just, um, yeah, I, I still think we are going to re sign Brooks as much as the fan base probably doesn't want that or think that's a good idea. Um, but yeah, with with AD yeah, particularly for most of next year, it, the options are few and far between. Uh, Wakeham has been serviceable in the halves as well. I'm, I'm still not sure what the combination would be. Maybe they'd finally move Brooks to six and let him unlock his running game as a six and have Sean jo- Sean Johnson as the organising number seven. But if it's a if it's a value deal, um, I think it would make a bit of sense, especially because we've got some really really solid juniors coming through. Um, that obviously still need a little bit of time to develop in the lower grades. So um, he'd basically be a bridge signing to cover that time period while we wait for those those youngsters to develop. Uh, Matthew on Facebook says, can't see Johnson leaving the Warriors. Uh, look at the Warriors. Are they going to offer him anything of the likes of what we're offering him? It might not come down to money though, Josh. That's what I'm saying. He seems really happy there. And he's mm. playing good football. He's back home. Does he really want to come back? I mean, look, he, he was okay in patches for Cronulla, but I kind of felt near the end of it, he, he's, his mind wasn't there. You could just see, mm. like, you know, when Sean Johnson's on, like, he, he, he just looks a different player this year. His defense in particular, you can see he's really getting his shoulder into the tackles. He wants to be there. Um, if he wanted to be with us and genuinely, you know, wanted to take us to the finals or even further, like, you can see we've got the pack to do it. If he can spark that back line, then, you know, then suddenly we'd be playing finals next year, I reckon. So hope he comes because there really aren't too many other choices. Uh, right, moving on to back to the game itself. So 20 nil. Uh, 21,000 as on Saturday was a pretty good crowd. What, what percentage do you reckon were Tigers fans? I reckon... It was pretty dominant. Maybe we'll 15, 20% of the crowd, you reckon? I, um, I, I think I remember seeing someone on Twitter say that they thought we were probably about 70% of the crowd, and I thought that may have been a little bit 70? too much. I, that person I think that's failed mass at high school. Um, I think that's what I saw, but I can't remember who it was. Um, we were loud at times, but we didn't really have too much of a chance to be loud during the mm, game. Literally nothing. Um, yeah, because we didn't really do anything. But yeah, I I'd say well I saw a decent chunk of um 
black, gold, and white flags as the team were running out. Um, I don't know. I'd say maybe 30%, 30 to 35. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was pretty pretty Rabbitohs dominant. Um, and Rabbitohs fans are pretty annoying. But um, Yeah. Like, look, especially uh, with the way they're going and, like, that win put them up yeah. first on the ladder. So, yeah, they were they were out in force. Um, but it didn't rain. We didn't get rained on, which is good. I mean, a lot of... I know a lot of fans were calling for the rain, but at least we didn't get wet. So we had Stormwatch uh, in the Discord. That was interesting. Break. Yeah, a lot of people were saying it was <laughs> pissing down out west, and just and we we were facing west. You and I were sitting on the eastern side, and we could see the clouds coming over. And we, you and I literally we moved up seats to make sure uh, we didn't get get wet. And yeah, this never never came. So. A uh, few statistics from the game. Possession, literally 50-50 on possession. Time of possession uh, is seven seconds difference. I don't think I've ever seen it that close. So we had the ball seven seconds less in possession than the Bunnies. Uh, completion rate, pretty close. 86% for us, 33 of 88. 85% for the Bunnies with 36 out of 42. Um Run meters, a little bit more for the bunnies. Post-contact, bunnies about 40 more. I mean, line breaks, that's a big one. Six to one. With I assume the line that one line break is the one Luke Brooks um, had. I can't remember. Obviously, yeah, that has to be the only one uh, of the game. Yeah. So, Rob, again, statistic, statistically, yeah, very much in the fight again. It's been like that all year. How many games have we lost and we've dominated most of the stats? Mm. So as we've said numerous times tonight already, you know, we're, we're getting in the grind. We mix it with the best team in the comp. Uh, that chance to, you know, Luke Brooks passing the ball was one. Stafford Toa probably had a glimpse where he might have been able to do a quick flick pass to Noffer instead of trying to take four blokes on over the over the try line. Stafford Toa's playing really well. He's actually... He just keeps surprising me. He, like that right edge is doing a really good job when you consider how weak it was in prior years. Um, but yeah, look, it, we're winning everywhere except we can't score points. So you can't win games without scoring points. It's just as simple as that. So we're so close yet so far. Mick Fitz said on YouTube, Spoon second year in a row. Spoon second year in a row face reality. Mate, have you seen the Dragons that we beat last week? We're, we're tied on points with them. Or tied on wins with the, them the now. Change, Josh. The attack's got it. When I say it's got to change, yeah. I mean I just can't see us being this sort of poor attacking team in round twenty or round twenty-four or whatever the case may be. Like surely it's going to improve between now and the end of the season, and and it's it's got to be worked on. But I know Benji is a real believer that the game's kind of chucked a one hundred and eighty. Like it's not. He doesn't reckon it's all about attack now. He reckons it's about you know, the grind and who puts in the most, et cetera, et cetera. But to me, if you face another team that is uh, equally as committed as you are and they're throwing more bullets at you, well, then they're going to win. So we, I think we've just got to find the right blend, that's all. But look, I, I am really happy with how we're defending because, you know, we used to be a team that could score 30 points and, and concede 50. So we're not that team that's going to get pumped anymore. We've only had one heavy loss to Brisbane. So, look, there, there are positives, but, I mean, just from a personal point of view, like, I'd love to go to Leichhardt this week, and I probably will, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, what am I going to go for? Like, are we going to score any points? 
And I, and I don't think the Cowboys are much better than us at all. I actually think we're pretty even in everything except they can score points now and we can't. Mm. Yeah, so, a bit of a Leichhardt lift, although we said that last time we played the Cowboys uh, at Leichhardt yeah, as well. Uh, yeah, offloads 6-6. Six, six. So, as do you reckon six offloads in 80 minutes? Like, we were trying to find a line break or something. I feel like there was a lot of times when our forwards definitely could have got the ball away and created a bit of second phase and didn't. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it seems like not very many. And compared to other games so far this year, it's definitely not very many. We've always had a bit of a want and a will to throw the ball around. I'm guessing it was a message from the coaching staff to not risk it so much in this game, I suppose. But there were so many opportunities where if they had just gotten the ball away, um, there was a chance at a half break or a line break or um, building some second phase down down a wing. And yeah, they just didn't capitalize on those opportunities. Um, I think the main... The main um, not components, whatever the word I'm looking for is of, of that. This game was Tommy Talau. Like obviously he he wasn't he's not a front rower. He mm. wasn't or a, he wasn't a forward. He wasn't playing in the forwards. But um, I reckon at least two tries to Junior Tupo if he offloads the ball out his way or flicks it to him as he's getting tackled because there were at least two occasions I could think of off the top of my head where Tupo had space, wide open space down his wing. Um, if the ball had just been given to him and he, he scores easy tries in the corners. Yeah. Tommy Tillow was frustrating in that. I literally said to you, they get joked at the game. Poor junior is going to get frostbite. He's just not getting the ball from Tommy. Tommy just, for whatever reason, doesn't, doesn't look for him. It just, yeah, it, um, once yeah, Naden's back, I don't think we have that problem anymore because Naden mm. will definitely be able to find him on the wing because um, yep. Naden has been a pretty good ball user for us so far. And yeah, I think we are that's where he, he will um, he'll add a little bit to the team, especially down that wing. Uh, missed tackles, 29 to 14. So 29 missed tackles. That's surprising, to be honest. I didn't think... I mean, the cover defense, I guess, Rob made up for a lot of that. The If a tackle was missed, they did a lot of the time end up Shutting it down. Well, South throw more at you, so you'd expect mm. we'd have more tackles. To be fair, it didn't look like that watching the game live. Um, and I actually think it was a really high-quality grind from both teams. But the fact it was so high-quality meant that there was no way I was going to re-watch the game because it was as boring as batshit. And I just thought, I can't sit through this for another 80 minutes and just basically see one try in 72 and then South get away from it. So I haven't re-watched the game, but watching it live, I just thought we were just doing everything right except scoring points. Uh, you know, we could have thrown more in attack, as we say. But, like, our completion rates are high. But, you know, I always go back. I can't remember what year it was, but Tim Sheens had the Cowboys in the late 90s. And I remember they got the wooden spoon and they had the highest completion rate in the comp. So that just showed that they weren't doing enough with the ball. And that's why they had high completions. And I think we're just getting back to that. We're just too simple with our attack. You're right. We could have offloaded a lot of times. It might be by instruction not to because sometimes you want to get the quick play the ball and, and you know, get that extra 10 metres. But I think we're at the point now that we've just got to start playing a little bit of jungle ball, you know, a bit of that New Zealand Warriors second phase where, you know, you can pop the pass or do something like 
Isaiah Papali on the weekend got the ball in some ridiculously poor positions. Like the balls he were given were terrible and he made something out of them, just like doing mm-hmm. his own thing. And I just thought, man, if you had someone that knew how to put you through a gap instead of you having to do it all yourself, you know, you'd have five or six tries already this year. So we're going to have to do something. I'm sure they're racking their brains out, working out, you know, what it is to do, but it's, it's their job to, to get us to score some points. And, you know, I don't know. I see other teams, like I say every week, I see other teams do, you know, kicks for the for the lead runner, you know, the block runner on the third or fourth tackle. And like we've had those sort of tries scored against us by Brisbane and the Cowboys and teams like that in the past. Like I, we don't do enough of that to other teams. We've we've just got to try and break the defence up. But the, the opposition knows we're just going to keep bombing and with forward hit-ups. Like how many times in the red zone in a set of six do we see Alex Twal or Joe Offengawi or Dave Klemmer or someone take a hit up and you're thinking, man, in six tackles, you've got to be having three or four shots at him. There's just mm. no point doing settler after settler and having maybe one good shot and then maybe one kick at the end of it. So it's just really poor red zone attack. And I think the boys just have to get out of that rut and they just have to get out of that comfort zone and chance their arm a little bit because They've got nothing to lose. We're not scoring points anyway. And, you know, even even against St. George, we scored 14 points or whatever it was in 25 minutes. And we basically got the winning try with, you know, 10 minutes or so left. So what was that? We went half an hour or 40 minutes without a point. We, we've got to be better than that, especially given the fact that rules suit attacking teams. Like we've got so many sin bins and 10 metres and six agains and all these sort of things. And look, I'm sure they're as frustrated as we are, but, there's a, a lot of positive things that we're doing. It's literally the last string to the bow that we need to get right because once that attack clicks, man, we're going to be a really good team. Yep, I agree. It, I, Josh, I honestly... you might... Sorry, yes. you might remember as well, I mentioned to you during the game, um, every time we spread the ball, we looked really, really good and we broke them down the side for numbers a few times. Um, and there were a lot of times, particularly in, the, in that second half when they were running towards us, where we we could see that they were the rabbits were so wide open on the wings. But whenever they were, we didn't spread it far enough. We didn't use the opportunity to try go around them. We just kept trying to punch through them, and that's what wasn't working. Yeah, if you punch through them, the whole idea is you hope that the defense kind of shrinks in a bit, and then. Throw it out wide. It's well, what the... Exactly, and you can do, well, the... and you can do the opposite. You can you can keep throwing it wide to the point that the defense starts spreading out, and then you can go up mm. the middle a bit more and, and yeah. find some holes up the middle. But we're not doing either of that, and it's it just seems to me like we look, we didn't really have enough time to throw it around at fourteen nil or twenty nil because the game was basically over then. But I guarantee you, had we been down twenty nil at half time, you would have seen a, a more flamboyant Tigers team in the second mm. half, and. You, well, why the hell didn't we do that in the first half? So, yeah. look, I, 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 it was just like I said, it was a bit of a game of chicken. And, you know, we kind of, you know, went first, unfortunately, like fell for it first with the Talao shooting up needlessly. And that was, I know it's only one mistake, guys, but that's really poor. Like that just mm. undoes all the work you do in a game because South would have been, imagine South are thinking, shit, it's 2-0 and they're 70 minutes gone and we still haven't put these blokes away and they're coming last. Like, they can get frustrated. You could get Cody losing his temper or Latrell losing his mm. temper. And that, that sort of thing just let all the air out of the tyres and just, you know, there you go. They're 8-0 up. They're comfortable now. They know we're not going to score. And they didn't really have to push the button. The, the, the tries they got 
just came not by them forcing it. It just kind of happened naturally. Well, there was a little bit. They did make a break down the right side right. and yeah. and kicked it. Just did a stupid kick, um, kind of out of desperation. And I think Buller just was back there and caught it pretty pretty easily. So yeah, I think I think bunnies were on. Yeah, you're right. They're on the verge of maybe um, cracking the shits. But um, yeah, it, um, moving Definitely on. For sure, yeah. Uh, our friends at Mobile Corp, so they support local businesses by managing their IT, their networks, and their mobile devices. Uh, if you're a local business owner looking for a partner who can uh, take away the hassle of dealing with IT issues, make sure you have cybersecurity in place, handle all your mobile device needs, then Mobile Corp can help. Mobile Corp is a family-run business and a long-time supporter of the West Tigers. Uh, reach out to Stephen. Shout out to Stephen, friend of the show, and the team at Mobile Corp. Check out mobile mobilecorp.com.au. That's mobile, C-O-R-P.com.au. And shouts to our friend there on the screen, Mr. Shane Walker. And uh, low grades from the weekend, as you and I got there, we only missed just the start of New South Wales Cup. And we were looking good. And then, look, I don't want to say it was because Sean Bloor was taken off, but after Sean Bloor was taken off the field, he scored a great try in the, what, 36 minutes or just before halftime. We were up 22-2 to two at halftime, looking good. And then this game reminded me quite a lot of the West Tigers-Panthers game from the early, was it 2000, 2001, when Junior Pierce was yeah. dancing. Um, dancing in the coach's box, and we end up losing it. If it kind of felt like that, they just did absolutely everything to to lose this game. Like just cough the ball up, um, then South threw it out wide and scored. Like it's just, yeah, just weird, weird second half in that one. And funny enough, as the end, we were sitting. Every single try was scored down the end. We were sitting, so at least we got got our money, our money's worth. There, but um, yeah, I mean, Sean Bloor did look pretty good too, and obviously end up being 18th man, so they pulled him off to come sit um, for first grade, but obviously never got on. But anything else, any takeaways from what we saw at New South Wales Cup? As I'm frustrated, I'm getting frustrated just remembering that game. Like they were in such a good position, like 22 to 2 at half time. You wouldn't think they'd lose it from there, you'd think they'd keep going on with it. Um, but yeah, too many errors, too many drop ball, too many just stupid, dumb decisions. Um, Tony Pello, the guy we had at number six, the winner Manly signing, he did not look comfortable. He did not look at home at all. Um, he, he was quite bad in the second half. Like that one, uh, error he made where he picked the ball up from dummy half and just knocked it on cold as he was trying to scoop it up and run away with it. That was just, uh... We kept, we kept, we just kept shooting ourselves in the foot. There were a couple of good um, showings, particularly in the first half, from some of the guys who were looking to press a spot for first grade. But um, yeah, based on that, the, there's only a couple players in that reserve grade team who you could see uh, earning a recall to the first grade side or a call up to the first grade side, and one of those players is Sean Bloor. No, no one else really um, is uh, pushing I thought the ball down at okay. the moment. Yeah, Dane, Dane was all right. Um, he Dane, obviously Dane, Dane get, had his moments. 
Yeah, he obviously didn't get to do too much in attack, particularly in the second half. Um, and I think we, I think I, I walked in just before we scored our third try in the second half. I think, oh, the first half, sorry, Tristan Riley's try. I think I walked in a couple minutes before that, and you walked in um, a couple minutes after. So I saw that one, but yeah, they they looked good for the for the rest of the first half, but yeah, second half was just pure pure shite. Uh, yep. No other way to describe it, really. They're still sitting six on the table. Uh, what are they? But there's a, a now a three-point gap to fifth. So, yeah, there's three, four, five are all in 15 points. We're on two, uh, and we've got a buy. So the Warriors haven't even had a buy there yet. So, uh, look, they we're still in the hunt for the finals. But, man, the Rabbitohs, that was only, what, their fourth win of the season. So, yeah, a big... Big big loss again to the Magpies. We've had some close ones, um, that team. So uh, Jersey Flag, they went down 24-20 at Mascot Oval on Sunday. They are now sitting 10th on the ladder. So uh, three and four for the Jersey Flag side. Uh, and on to our player rating. So back to first grade. Uh, let's start with Sheenzy, Rob. So the uh, the fans have given Sheenzy an average of 5.4. How would you rate Sheenzy's effort in this game? Well, is it really Tim Sheens or is it Benji? I mean, I think we all know Benji's coaching the team now. Look, if if you said, if you take out the attack, guys, I'd honestly give it 9 out of 10. Um, I, I'm actually still going to give it a 7 out of 10. I think we... I think we played really well, but, you know, we've got to take our chances against South, as he admitted in the press conference. So, look, I, I, got, I got really no knock on the team as a whole. I thought, I thought they played really well, and they, and they, you know, they give their all. You can't be more proud of that, especially against South. Like, think about it. I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me or anything, but has any team kept the might of South Sydney, the way they're playing this year, to eight points after 72 minutes? Like, I don't think anyone would have kept them to that sort of scoreline. So if we just get that attack right, you know, we could have such a – we could be such a force in, a, in this competition. So got to get the attack right, boys. Got to get the attack right. As how did you find Sheenzy's interchange? How he worked yeah, this week? Not as bad as previous weeks. I don't – I didn't pay attention to how many minutes um, Jakey got, but did – did Jakey come on in the first half of this? He did. One? He, 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 did, he yeah. might, did he listen to the show? Did I not say that last week? You did. did I, I think he came on with about eleven or twelve minutes. He did exactly. Time. I could be wrong. He, he did exactly what I said. again, not to my own horn and Benji slash Sheenzy know better. But I said I prefer Jakey. Give him ten minutes either side, and that's what they did. Rather than just bringing him in randomly in the second half. Give um, yeah, give Appy that bit of a break in the middle. Only burn one interchange, and yeah, I, th- I thought, yeah, look, it, and, we didn't score a point, App- so. And you said Appy was brought back on um, as they were kicking the penalty goal, didn't you? Yes. So yep. whatever. Um, so I guess that's a good sign that uh, did they score their try with Appy on the field or Jake on the field? I actually can't can't recall. So yeah, Appy came back on and it was eight nil. So. Yeah, so we're definitely well, if, well and true in the game. Well, if they're listening to the show and they're following your advice, can I make a suggestion now? What's that? <laughs> uh, get rid of Talau, 
play Kepa Oa in the centre this week since Naden's back after the bye and bring Bloor onto the bench. Look, if they've... If, if... They're obviously not listening to me because I've said that literally every, every every week since he hasn't been picked. But um, yeah, that's our next one. If if you're listening, Sheenzy, we'll know four o'clock tomorrow. If Sean Bloor's in the uh, the first seventeen, we know that you're listening to the show. Uh, Carla says you thought of me. Good on you, Carla. At least someone pays attention to me. I'm writing. I'm writing uh, him a four until those changes happen, or at at least until after the buy when we get um, Naden back. You guys watched New South Wales Cup. Was there any of our centres worthy of selection for first grade? Like, could have we got any other choices there other than Talal and Kapoa? Like, look, I'm not a fan of Kapoa either, although he did a fantastic cover tackle to save a try in this late in the second half. But, I mean, do we have anything else there that we could throw in the centres? Because Kapoa shoots out of the line just as badly as Talal. He's done it. Our left edge gets slashed mm. every first half every week when Kapoa's there. And it's the same with Talal. And look, to be fair, when we played Penrith, Naden wasn't much better. But I know Naden can be better than that. I just don't know if Talao and Kapoa can be better than that. Hmm. Tristan Riley is showing some promise, but he's still very, very green and needs a bit more time, I think. Okay. Uh, let's well, get to one yeah. man who's not he's new, but definitely not green. Jareen Buller. Man, this kid. They, they, they tested him, and he, um, he just looks so comfortable at the back there. It's just he looks... He does not look like it. How many games has he played now? Was it Four. his fourth? Four. Like, man, he looks like he's played 100 first-row games. He's just amazing out there. Uh, what do you, What did you give him, Rob? I gave him an eight. I, I cannot be more impressed by a kid in his fourth game. Um, it's a bit of a knock on the rest of the back line, but honestly, I think he's got more rugby league IQ you know, <laughs> between his ears and the rest of the rest of the back line. Like, he's so smart. His positional play is second to none. He's actually a little bit quicker than he looks, if that makes sense. Like, mm. he doesn't look like he's running fast, but he's moving quick when he's trying to back up and what have you, or, or taking off from dummy half as he he did, you know, once or twice in the second half. We've got a star on our hands. You know, it's, it's great. Like, we've actually, I think we've got that fullback position solved. We don't need to go out and buy a star fullback like we were talking, you know, eight weeks ago. So, look, outstanding talent. I mean, look, I've given him an eight. I could have given him more than that, but I just, I know he can do more in a game and I know he will be able to score tries and set up tries. So I just stuck with an eight. Yeah, for sure. I said it a couple of weeks ago. He, he, He's a footy player. He's just, yeah, he's a natural. He's, he's got a football football brain. It's one thing to be an athlete. He's just, he, you got to have, have it between your ears as well. And he's just, yeah. Even though he was going to be, he had dreams of being an NBA player. He's the smartest footballer in our team. He's a basketball player. But um, <laughs> as, what did you rate, Mr. Buller? Yeah, it's funny that he wasn't even, um, I don't think he was training at fullback at all until this preseason. So he for for a kid who's basically literally just starting out, he he's, he's absolutely incredible. Um, I've given him a nine. He's absolutely infallible under the pressure so far. And he's been put under so much. Like you just think of that catch. Um, of the Cleary bomb late in the game against the Panthers, as well as that tackle he made on Cleary earlier in that game, and just other moments he's had. Um, monster tackle Revelara on Ravalawa last, last week. Yeah, just two and, on Ravalawa, two tackles. Yeah, two, on, two on Ravalawa, plus that, plus all the bombs that he, that were put up by um, 
Walker and um, Ilias. Was it Ilias? Yeah, and yeah. even Mitchell. He he just he just stood tall under all of them, and I gave him a nine because he's also starting to make some positional moves in attack as well. Like he's he's there to sweep for some of the um, for some of the sideline movements we made. Um, he's he's starting to find himself in better positions, and like the main one was when he was he was inside on Brooksy. He may just maybe I I can only think that Brooksy didn't know he was there. Like uh, Buller didn't call out that he's on his inside or anything like that. So that's all I can think of there. But yeah, other than that, the kid is looking like a superstar in the making. So yeah, nine for me. 7.4. Yeah, seems a little bit low, but I guess when we don't win, uh, the numbers tend to be a bit lower. Uh, David Nofaluma, he got a 6.6. I think Nofa, I said it to you at the game, as I think Nofa has definitely, since he came back up, He's it's a good story. I think he's solidified a spot on the wing. I think he's been pretty good. What do you reckon? Yeah, for sure. I definitely think six point six is unders. Um, he and Charlie, when he comes back from his injury or his, his um medical emergency, he's going to have some serious competition on his hands to mm. take that wing jersey off of Noffa. I gave him an eight because I really like what we're seeing from Noffa. Um, he's he's running the ball forward more from. Um, like from the kick returns, uh, he's not going sideways as much. And if he is going sideways, it's for a purpose, and we can see that purpose now. He's taking the he's making the hard carries. He, I believe, made six tackles and didn't miss a single one. And he that still involves him jumping out of the line a little early sometimes now. But the good thing is he's making, and I think I mentioned this last week, but he's making those tackles stick, and that is what mm. is the most important part. Uh, Rob. Yeah, there's not much more to add to that. I gave him an eight also. Um, this is as good as David Nofaluma plays. So I, I think that those numbers are really poor that he's been given. I, I think he was as good a player as we had on the field. I think him and Jareen Buller were the best two players again as they were last week. So outstanding game from Nofa. And like I said, that right edge has always been a problem for us. And that's just, you know, watertight now. And when he gets the ball, like if he had more opportunities, he'd, he'd probably score another try or two. So... Uh, great to see Noffa back to his best. Uh, Stafford Toa, 6.7. Uh, I think Stafford Toa, too. He's been, I mean, we were talking about replacing a centre with Nathan next game after this game when he comes back. And we didn't even mention Stafford. We just thought of him as a lock. So, uh, yeah. What did you rate him, Rob? I, I gave him a seven. I thought it was a really solid game. Um, yeah, like I said, that right edge was really tight. Uh, could have scored a try. Kind of wish he flicked it to Noffer and Noffer might have gone in the corner untouched. Mm. But look, he's, he he doesn't look like a replacement centre anymore. He looks He's playing like a starting centre. He looks threatening when he gets the ball. He's defending really well. And that was his weakness last year. Like he, he always had that, you know, fleet-footed uh, step that he has. But his defence was really poor when we put him in the centres. And, and his defence has been great. So... I think he's earning his keep and he's looking to, you know, keep that right centre spot for good. So I thought it was a great game for him, to be fair. As? Yeah, I'm, I'm giving Star 7 much for the same reasons. Um, it's crazy to think that we didn't think he was going to be a centre or anywhere, really anywhere near our first grade team um, pre-season. But he, he does seem like he's locked that position down now, especially since we are still a little bit short in the backs, particularly in the centres. So... Yeah, I, I'm giving him a 7-2. Um, 
he he performed well con- considering the the state of the game and the fact we didn't score any points. Uh, Tommy Talau, a measly four point eight. I mean that tackle on Cheekham was pretty good, Rob. But um, yeah, apart from that, not much else to write home with Tommy. He he tried hard, but like I said, I think that one that shooting out of the line needlessly just undid a lot of his good work and. You just can't afford that. It was like who was going to break first, and and we did, and it shouldn't have been us that broke broke first needlessly. Like we had all the numbers there, just a really poor read again from whoever plays at left centre, and uh, and that hurt. But yeah, I gave him a five. But I mean, yeah, like really, when you got Campbell Graham on you, I would have thought the way he played against Moses Suley the week before, how poorly he tackled. I thought Graham's going to have a field day here, but he he didn't have a field day. But I mean, there were definitely a couple of breaks. Uh, courtesy of Tom Talao, which, you know, didn't help our cause. As? Yeah, I will say I was pleasantly surprised that he wasn't as um, mismatched against Campbell Graham as I expected he would be, because I think I remember saying something along the lines of um, he'd be, Campbell Graham would be potential for a a double um, against us with Tommy Talao defending him. But yeah, he, like Rob said, he let a few breaks go through um, and the shooting out to give them their first try really, really undid all the hard work that we had done up to that point. And his tackle on Cheekam, while being a great tackle, um, yeah, just it doesn't mean as much if he's going to have a lot more rocks in his game than diamonds. So I've given him a four. Uh, he's outside man, Junior Tupo, 5.2. Yeah, not, um, not one of these best games, Junior, but just look, as you said, with Tommy too. I think he tried hard, Rob, but just didn't get the opportunities. Exactly. I gave him a five, not because he was bad, just basically because he didn't get enough involvement in the game. So he, he needs to get more carries. He need he needs more ball in better positions to show his strength, you know, to, to carry three or four blokes over the try line like he did against St. George. He's just not going to get those sort of opportunities uh, very much. Um, you know, if Tommy's not going to give him the ball. So, yeah, look, definitely could have had more touches, but he didn't do anything majorly wrong. It was just uh, more lack of involvement than anything else. As? Yeah, I gave him a five pretty much for the same reason. He didn't really get too much involvement in the game or get to do too much at all until AJ came in and replaced Tommy. So, yeah, it's a bit bit hard to rank him, I think, because or rate him because of the fact that he just didn't get much of a chance to show what he can do. But... Like I said, once Naden comes back after the bye, I'm really looking forward to seeing the combination between him and Toots. I think that's um, a really solid combination out there and will lead to quite a few points as the season unfolds. But um, the the game made me realise the other thing we're really missing that AD brought to the team was his long Harbour Bridge passes, um, the ones where he cuts out two, three players and gets it right, gets it straight to the winger. Um, that would have caught Souths out at least a few times with how quickly he gets those out. Uh, Brennan Wakem, 5.8. Rob, thoughts on Wakem? Yeah, I was a bit disappointed this week. I just just thought he didn't really push himself in terms of... I know he can do a lot more in attack. And as I said at the start of the show, I just felt like there were a few inside balls. I mean, he did throw a couple of nice long passes in the second half that gave Tara a bit of room. But, yeah, just in general, I just feel like he was in cruise control. And I, and I feel like if we're going to get a spark out of the team, 
it's going to be from him, not from Brooks. So I gave him a five. But I mean, I know he's not doing much wrong, but it's just he was just too simple. Well, whether that was instructions or or whether it wasn't, I don't know. But he, that's not the play that you know we saw in the first half last week, and certainly not the play that uh, you know debuted against Canterbury for us and and turned the game around. So yeah, we need more out of him this week for sure if we're going to get some points. As yeah, I I think the 5.8 is fairly accurate. I gave him a 6, much for the same reasons. He just hasn't really seemed to be the player um, that he was in those earlier games for us, plus the wins um, over the last couple of weeks as well. Uh, Brooksy, 6.4. So for the start of the year, you said we lost 20-0 and Brooksy got a pass mark from the fans. I'd be pretty surprised. But yeah, I mean, not finding Buller aside, he wasn't bad. As I let you go first with Brooksy, I mean, 6.4 is not a great score, but, I mean, back in high school, if I got 60, 64% on a test, they'll be like, yeah, all right, I'll take it. Yeah, I would have taken that too back in back in the schooling days. Um, I'd, I've given him a seven. Um, he obviously wasn't that great in attack, but the whole team wasn't that great in attack, so that there's not really all that much there. Um, he, has, he does have some really, really solid moments. Um, they are just mixed in with a lot of diamonds, but... Overall, I thought he was quite solid, and I mentioned it to you during the game. He's getting involved in defense a lot more. Um, the amount of tackles he made, he made a few one-on-one as well, um, including one in the second half right in front of us. I can't remember who he tackled because I didn't want to rewatch the, a 20-0 game either. Um, <laughs> that you might be able to think of the player who it was. I think yeah. it might have He just been... basically chopped his legs, yeah. Yeah, chopped his legs and took him down because it, it was after a late offload too. Like they got a late offload mm. away and Brooksy got up on him before they could spread it even further out to the wing. So he does have some really good moments and it is good to see him getting more involved in defense. Uh, big milestone coming up for him this week, game number 200. So even though he's not a fan favorite, I'll be giving him a mighty cheer this week. Uh, Rob, anything to add on Brooksy? No, I gave him a six. I mean, the best thing I can say is he was better than Wakem. Um, but you know, as, as we said, that not not finding Buller when the chance was there really hurt us. Um, at the end of the day, guys, you know that the halves are our steering wheel. We've got the engine; we just don't have the steering wheel, and it's up to Brooks and Wakem to create that attack. And they're just not doing it, or they didn't do it this week. So they've got to be better against the Cowboys, or we're going to get a similar scoreline. Uh, speaking of the engine, Stefano six point eight. As would you say that's maybe a little bit unders? Yeah, I'd say that's a little bit unders. I, th- I thought he'd average probably closer to the seven seven and a half mark. I've given him an eight personally. I thought he was one of our better forwards. But our forward pack is aiming up every week, and I really enjoy what I'm seeing from them. Rob, anything for Steph? Yeah, look, he, he's getting a little bit more consistent. Um, you know, not he's not being as damaging as he once was. But, I mean, like South have got a great pack. I mean, they're literally, who are they missing? Colin Matangi probably would be taking the place of Cheekam. So other than that, that was a full-strength South Sydney team pretty much. Um, I gave him a six, but not be, not that he played badly. I just know that he can do a lot more. Uh, Appy Corusau, just he got it 6.8 as well. I'm not sure. It might be Appy's lowest score this year. That's pretty low for Appy as. Yeah, I think that would have to be, actually. Um, I can't remember Appy scoring that low before. Maybe his lowest previously was like a seven-point something. But, yeah, 
I, I think that's a little bit unders too. Um, obviously, he's going to score a little bit lower if we don't have much to much to show for in an attack. Um, he doesn't seem to be picking um, moments to run as well as he normally would. Um, but maybe that was because he's a little exhausted from carrying the team on his back every bloody week so far. So maybe that's why he played a few less minutes this week. Uh, it would be interesting to see how many minutes he gets against the Cowboys this week leading into the bye. Maybe prefers the rain, Rob. Yeah, look, I've, I've seen him. Have, I've given him two tens in a row a couple of weeks ago, so and a nine prior to that. I know what he can do, and and you know what he did last week. As far as I'm concerned, was only a six. Like I say, it's not that he played badly, but he was literally the only one creating attack for us. He was having forced to be uh, playing eighty minutes almost on a couple of occasions, and obviously now we've got to look after his load management. I mean, there's a big chance he's going to be playing some Origin. And we don't want to burn him out in the first year of his contract, and he's what thirty-two years of age or thereabouts. So, we've, we're, I think we've just got to nurture him a little bit. But that said, I mean, he didn't really create much, and sadly, because our halves don't create, we need him to create. So we, we expect a little bit more from him. But look, still a good game. But compared to compared to what he did a couple of weeks ago and the week before that, I've, I've given him a six. Uh, the highest score for the team this week, David Clemmer, 8.0, the only one to sneak into the eights as. Yeah, I gave Clemmer an eight. He was an absolute monster in the forwards as well, like he normally is. I was just trying to find his stats before because I was curious about them. Um, I think he's actually got a higher tackle efficiency than Twally um, now this year. Uh, he'd made 29 tackles, didn't miss any. I'm just trying to find his running stats if uh, I can scroll across far enough or not going too far. Um, but yeah, overall, a, a fairly fairly solid game from Clem. Um, he did his best he could to punch us up the field when he was on, and um, it worked. But once it, it was just a shame that once we got into the red zone, we couldn't create off the off the back of his and um, Steph's hard running efforts. Uh. Rob, anything to add, Clem? Yeah, no, not much to add. Uh, I gave him an eight. He's he's a fantastic purchase, and he's putting in every week. Couldn't couldn't be happier with him. Uh, Isaiah Papali, only a little bit below. He was our second highest with seven point seven. Rob, do you want to do Papa? Yeah, I, I, I gave him a seven, but like like I said earlier, he got the ball in some really ridiculously bad positions, and he made a lot out of you know those poor situations. He just needs someone that knows what he's doing because he's an absolute beast and he's such a mountain of a man and hard to tackle. And, you know, when we when we work out how to use him best, he's going to be a massive asset. Uh, I love what I've seen from him in the last few weeks. I think we, we learned from that Manly game how much he hated losing and he was sick of losing and he's really taken it upon himself to lift his game and lift his efforts. But it's just not showing in terms of getting him over the try line or you know, skittling players left, right, and center as he was doing at Parramatta, but he'll get there. As, yeah, he's got a long enough contract, I think, to um, for him to gel and adjust being in a different team. What was he at Parramatta for? Two years, and he didn't yeah. really have his and he and he had a better season in his second year than he did his first for sure. So, yeah, I I'm still not too stoked with how he's gone. I still don't think we've seen as much of para papa um as we would have liked to so far but it's like rob said it's going to take some time he's got some time um so i've given him a seven as well 
Yeah, I think it's probably not his fault. Yeah, I was going to say well. it's not his fault. He's just he's just surrounded by some guys that don't know how to use him. I, I think he's mm. he's trying hard, but as Aaron said, he's not he's not that Parramatta player. But the reason he's not that Parramatta player is he had he had one year outside Dylan Brown, and his second year he was outside Mitch Moses. Like he had two quality halves, and mm. and he's not getting that service that he should be getting. Mm. Uh, Johnny Bateman a six point six for the Englishman. Uh, Pretty low score this week, Rob. Yeah, look, I mean, we've seen what he can do in attack in his first couple of games that he started for us, and he's not quite there with his attack this week. Tries his hardest, and and look, he's a great asset. I'm actually really surprised that he did play. I I just didn't think you'd want to muck around with hamstrings, you know, given the way Liam Martins keeps, you know, being named for Penrith and then withdrawing. Like, you don't want to muck up his ham- hamstrings at his age, but obviously it was only a really minor tweak. Uh, pre-game against St George, uh, look, I gave him a seven, but like he's doing nothing wrong. We need him in the team. He's a winner, but yeah, we we just we just got to get a little bit more out of him as well. As I've given him a seven too, pretty much for the same reasons. Uh, Fanua Pole six point four. As did you? Yeah, I didn't notice Fanua Pole. He's obviously been given the the thirteen for a while now. Is it getting to the point where maybe? need to find a bit more attack in the 13, maybe. Definitely. Um, having Fadua at 13 has really showed um, to me why we really need that ball playing 13. Like, you have a look at some of the other ball playing 13s in the comp. You've, Penrith have um, Yo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Souths have Murray, and they're both incredible at what they do. Um, we're not seeing that from Fadua. Um, and I know, I know a lot of people were saying Matamu is the future of 13, but I don't think I've seen enough from him to really cement that position himself yet either. Um, I've given Fanua a six because, yeah, I, I don't recall seeing too much of him, his involvement in the game. One, one thing I would like to see, um, based on what he did in the Melbourne game, would be Johnny Bateman at 13, at least temporarily, to s- sort of see how that goes. Um it might be worth a bit of an experiment considering like the fact that we are two and eight for the season um, with 14 games to go. So yeah, uh, try, try things, see what sticks. Rob. Yeah. Aaron, you unknowingly stole my thunder. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I was going to suggest the same thing. Get, get him in the lock, put Sean Bloor in at second row uh, on that right edge and, and get Fanua pole off the bench playing as a middle that look and and for the pure reason that we're not scoring points and Johnny Bateman will try and create something he can ball play he can yep. be our Isaiah Yo um and he's got that penchant that sometimes runs sideways even and and sort of have that defense wondering what the hell's going on so yeah I don't think it's a bad idea uh, on Fanua Pole I gave him a six he's just I mean I look at our pack guys and I think Fanua Pole Johnny Bateman Isaiah Papali'i Dave Clemmer uh, Stefano, like every one of those guys has got second phase football in them if mm. they're allowed to pop the pass. Like our backs aren't doing much. We've got a gun pack. Let's just try something a little bit different. You know, we're going to get a few errors, but I, I think guys like Brooks and Wakeham, they're better off that broken play anyway. So I just I just like to see our forwards have a bit more of a license to promote the footy because they can all do it at will. Like how many times did we see Joffa and, and Alex on the weekend have their arms free, like ready to pass it. But yeah, as you guys said earlier, they just held on to it. We're, all our blokes can literally throw a pass. So 
we're going to have to try something, guys. We've got to spark that attack somehow. Uh, Jakey Simkin, 5.1 off the bench, has. Um, I don't remember seeing too much of Jakey's involvement, so I'm I'm giving him a six for that reason. Because um, obviously I didn't actually notice when he came on. Uh, that's the thing, I think, with me going to watch games live. I, I miss A so poor much. stadium I, as well. Like, he's so far away as well. Yeah, especially considering we were in the like we were up in the the far corner and we had moved a bit further away from the field, like you said, to avoid any potential rain that didn't end up coming. But yeah, I, I'm one of those people. I miss a lot in the stand. Like I said, I I didn't see when he came on, so I can't and I haven't rewatched because I didn't want to rewatch a game where we yeah. didn't hire a shot. So, Rob, any thoughts on Jake? Yeah, I I gave him a seven. I I he was like I said earlier, he's the one guy that literally got in dug into the line before offloading he's ready to put his body on the line and take a hit and we need more of those guys doing that you know running a straighter angle and and you know straightening up the attack and, and he actually did that and he got a longer stint a much longer stint than he has done in previous weeks i gave him a seven but look at least he's filling his role and he's giving appy a rest and and we're not losing too much out there especially when appy's kind of you know not in his um harlem globetrotter mode yep yeah like i said before it was eight nil when he went off the field. So, uh, Joel and Gowie, 6.2 off the bench, Rob. Uh, I, I gave him a seven. He looks he looks threatening without actually offloading those passes. He's He, he looks like he could offload at will. So, I just want to see him have that license to offload a bit more. But, no, I like what he gives the team. And, yeah, he's definitely a permanent fixture. As yeah, seven for me as well. I I completely agree. He he punches up the middle when he's um when he's on he, and which really gives our other forwards a rest. So he's really good value, especially as that bench forward. But um yeah, I just wish he got a few more offloads away as well. But I could say that about pretty much every other forward in the team who didn't throw a single one. Uh, Twally Twally got seven point two. It's definitely, uh, yeah, it was even from. The stands. It was noticeable that Twally had a pretty, pretty good game. Would look like on TV, Rob. Yeah, I gave him a seven. He looked, he looked a bit more threatening with his running. Um, you know, promises, promises. <laughs> uh, we're almost at the point where we need to run Twally as a decoy in either line because we keep going on about him scoring a try. So maybe someone also get a try off the back of his decoy run. But yeah, look, Twally's just playing Twally. He always makes his tackles and does a lot of work and and hard runner. So. You know the sort of toiler we need, but yeah, we 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 need to start getting some offloads off him. As his attacking game is developing every week, I think um, I've given him a seven as well, pretty much for the same reasons. I like what I'm seeing from him in attack. He's still a wall in defence. He he misses like at most one tackle a week, so and you can't fault yep. a player who's um, tackling that well, considering you said we missed what was it twenty odd tackles and. He's only responsible for one of them in a 50-minute stint. So, yeah, seven, seven for 12. I'd like, and like I said about um, Joffa, there were many times where, especially as he was carting players up with leg drives in, in the 10-meter, between the 10-meter line and the goal line, if he gets offloads away, there's definitely a chance that he he, um, he gets a player through. And lastly, Kepa Ola off the bench, uh, replaced Tommy Talau, 5.2 for Kepa. Rob, what are your thoughts on having a centre replacement as well? During, Look, I'm, uh... not, I, I'm not a fan of it, but the fact that he can play some back row 
you know, it doesn't hurt that much. So I, I get why they're doing that. If you if you lose a back and you've got four forwards, then obviously, you know, it, it causes a major reshuffle. Although I think Johnny Bateman could play out wide if, you know, for a minimum amount of time at least. Look, I, I've said it many times. I'm not a fan of Kapoa. Um, like, he did do that great tackle that I mentioned earlier, though, that did save a try. Like, he's a great athlete. I just don't think he's a footy player. I, I just think he's he's developed his body beautifully. He's got the body to be a great player. But um, I, th- I think he's a back rower, and there's no room at our club for, for a back rower. And I, and I don't think defensively his reads at centre are good enough. He can make the tackles, but he just doesn't know where to position himself when those block shapes are, are coming at him. And, and that's that's what I would worry about this week, although Peter Hiku's not really much of a... I don't think Peter Hiku's a fast runner, so I don't think he's going to have too much of a problem if he does get the start this week. And I think... I'm sure... Did Tommy Talao get injured or was he hooked? Uh, I didn't notice an injury. I think he just... Yeah. Well, I, think he, he, I think he was just hooked, yeah. Well, if he, if he was hooked, you'd have to say Kapoa's going to start and should be named in the Tuesday team list. As anything for Kepa? Mm, Rob, Rob's pretty much summed it up um, for me as well. I don't yep. get why he's there on the bench. I think he needs to be... If he's going to be in the team, he needs to start, but he needs to only start if we don't have Nathan. So he'd have basically like one week now to prove himself. And then we, yeah, we go straight back to Naden when he comes back from his suspension after the bye. Thank you to everyone who did submit their ratings for this week. So like I said, uh, last week, keep an eye out on our Twitter and our Facebook. We post the links uh, usually not long after the game finishes. And then usually again on Monday mornings, uh, here are some of our best comments. So there's a little, section in there where you can leave a little bit of a rant. So here are some of my favorites from that. Uh, Fort said, uh, fifth tackle kicks let us down again. Too obvious, too predictable. And even then the execution on several of them were off target by a mile. Uh, Brooks bombed that try too. Saw Mitchell and shat his pants. Put your head down and go for it, Luke. So yeah, he had three options and he took the worst one uh, possible. (laughs) Uh, Chris G said, we were never going to win playing the same style as last week. Unfortunately, I don't think the chemistry is there yet. Offensively, we don't seem to understand one another's strengths yet. For example, no one supporting ice for an offload or an inside runner off him. I will say offense should be easier to fix than D defense's attitude. And we are terrific this year in that department. Office offensively, offensively, we just lack skill chemistry and an X factor or two. Uh, Craig M said, solid effort, but in my eyes, looked like we went into the game with a uh, cautious game plan. Honestly, we really never looked like scoring, and that's disappointing because we have taken massive steps forward these past few weeks, but our red zone attack is just piss poor. With the upcoming games, we continue to put in the effort. We have the past three games. I think we could potentially win the next three. I agree with that. Uh, Bart says, uh, Tommy Tillow is not a center. He has no speed at all. Uh, Dom Jet, hard to believe we have two of the best ever attacking players in Benji and Robbie as our coaches, and we are absolutely pitiful and clueless in attack. That is a fair point. Uh, Steve, great attitude in defense. Eighth, eighth best defense in the NRL is wonderful. Converting tries, scoring chances into points is disconcerting. Um, didn't know that. So we're top eight in defense, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Elaine Richardson said, such an imp- 
uh, such an improvement right in it till the last 10 minutes last year, we would have had 50 put on us, um, which is a fair point. I think you made that point a bit earlier, Rob, that yeah, teams of the past, that sales team would have romped all over us. So Definitely. Uh, Patreon comments. I just looked. The guys haven't left anything. They're obviously were bored by the game as well and have no com- no questions <laughs> for us this week. But if you would like to take part in the show, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. If you um, yeah, come join us on the Discord. A lot of NBA chat uh, going on as well this week. Obviously, a few, with- a few did um, leave com. A few in the Discord did leave comments in the general chat about their thoughts okay. on the game. So yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. like Although, obviously, during the game, the the Discord's firing off. Um, yeah, so, um, but no, yeah, no no comments. Uh, other than Shane, he's left his little rant of the week, being a Benji Marshall tier Patreon. He said, whilst we lost on Saturday, I want to give a wrap to our forwards, especially Clem and Twole. Most hit-ups, Alex Twole got through the line, but had no one to offload to. Where was the support play? Uh, the only issue is scoring points. What do we have to do, boys? Where are we going wrong? On a side note, as a staunch supporter of our Maggies, I was left dumbfounded as to how they let a 20-point lead go. Disappointed is an understatement. Absolutely. Shame is all your Magpies, or our Magpies, rather. Um, absolutely shit the bed. But um, uh, righto. Next episode, obviously Wednesday night, we're going to preview our match against the Cowboys. Excited to go, as, as said, at the start of the show, like at Oval, um, yeah, not to sound biased, but my favorite place in the, world. in the universe. My literally, if I die, scatter my ashes there. I had my wedding photos there, <laughs> so um, can't wait for that one, boys. Any parting words before we say good night to Big Dog? And also, thank you to uh, the dozens and dozens of you that joined us live tonight for the show as well for another Monday, despite. Um, reviewing, yeah, we've we've said it a few times, but a very dull, um, grinded out sort of sort of game that it was. On well, just Saturday. to answer, just to answer Josh, that uh, Benji Marshall Patreon question about what do we got to do to change it? I, I think the fact that Appy generally does our yardage attack and takes our team down the field. If we can get this second phase going with our forwards. I mean, and, and just get our halves to back the forwards up. They're not the halves aren't organising the play anyway. The the organisation is coming from Appy. So if we can just get some second phase play, have Brooksy and Wakeham, Buller running off the back of those blokes because we're not even really setting up proper backline movements when we're coming out of our end of the field. I, I just think that might be the way to go forward. And and as I tweeted on the weekend, you know, if you if you took all the NRL teams' attacks and defence, like. There's 17 NRL teams, 17 attacks, 17 defences. I think our attack out of all those attacks and defences would rank 34th. Like, that's how poor our attack is. But I know I know, it was just mentioned that our defence is in the top eight. I think our defence is more like top six. Like, we are, we are really, really good defensively at the moment. We've just got to get that attack right. We can't – our attack can't be the worst thing in the NRL at the moment. That's what it is. Well, at least a red zone attack. So we're going to have to mix things up. And, and really, you'd think after Sheens has been coaching for, you know, 35 years or whatever it is, closer to 40 years, that, you know, we, we'd have some sort of answer to it, and especially with Benji there being the brilliant attacking player he was. So I, I really want to see a big a big change in philosophy from what we do, and I'm just not sure if we are going to see that change. 
Nick on YouTube just asked, I was told that 20 is the lowest Souths have been held to all year. Any truth into that? No, you've been lied to. I did just uh, look it up. So uh, they only scored 10 against the Panthers. They scored 18 against the Roosters, 13 against Manly, uh, 10 against Melbourne. But uh, it's the least uh, since they scored 20 against Penrith a few weeks ago. Uh, and that was well, with but... a last-minute try or a second-last-minute yeah. try as well. or two. Yeah. That was also two tries in the last, like, five, six, seven, seven minutes. So. Yeah. 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 But they did put 50 on the Dogs, 36 on the Dolphins, 32 on the Broncos, and 28 on the Storm. So, um, I'll tell you what yeah. bothered me a bit too, and it's not, not about us. I just I got really pissed off with the commentary that, oh, you know, Souths were a bit flat and, you know, they, they, they'd had a big game last week and they were a bit down after Magic Round or whatever. Load of rubbish. Like, we... We showed up. We defended how we've been defending the last few weeks. So I give our boys credit for South not not being who South were. Mm. South South threw a lot at us, and they couldn't get through us. So, well, you know, except for one one break in the first seventy two minutes. So, look, full credit to the boys for the way they manned up. But you know, I'm just gonna, I'm going to really get excited when the attack goes good because when the attack goes good, I'm going to be looking forward to every game. But I've got to be honest, I wasn't really looking forward too much to this South game based on how conservative we've been playing. We, we need to just free the shackles and play some West Tigers footy. It's also bad for multis too. When you don't score a try at all, it's no fun. You want to try and at least pick a <laughs> try scorer. Come on, guys. Back in Steph every week and not, literally no one scores a try. Come on. Uh, right, boys. See you at 8.30 p.m. Uh, on the YouTube and Facebook uh, channels. We'll see you all then. And as always, guys, Nick, go to sorry, tags. Josh, just before, just go, before you go. Yeah, as, yeah sorry. <laughs> next, next week's game, or yeah, next week's game, or this week's game should be renamed the Hooking Hook uh, Cup since it uh, looks like um, the Dragons are losing their coach thanks to floggings or losses at the hands of our two teams. And I just think that's a little bit of a fun oh, fact. Okay. Right, I get it. We're playing against each other after sacking the, after getting the Dragons coach sacked. I would have named it the Robbie Farrah anthony Watts Cup. That works too. Hmm. <laughs> and any option, any alternative. Righty, guys. As always, see you Wednesday night and go the Tigers. Go the go Tigers. The Tigers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Please follow us at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com forward slash Westlife Pod. You can also support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash Westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Mm-hmm.